0: Welcome back to Mining Stock Daily this Thursday afternoon with another corporate update. Happy to welcome in the CEO of Arizona, Sonoran Copper, Mr. George Ogilvie. We are following up on uh, news items, a couple news items that was published earlier this morning, including drill results from the Park si- Sailor property there in Arizona. Uh, we're going to talk about that. Plus, there's also a little bit of news of acquiring more land there in the in the area. Uh, but first, George, welcome back to Mining Stock Daily. It's good to have you on.
1: Hey, thank you ever so much, Trevor. Appreciate
0: it. Uh, let's just uh, quickly follow up here on the kind of the headline news from the release this morning out of the Parks Sailor uh, Project. The uh, headline really was 181.5 meters of 1.3% copper and oxide copper. I mean, this is a really good hit with pretty good interval, huh?
1: Yeah, no, it's quite exceptional. I mean, uh, when you look at the global resource today of 3.5 uh, billion pounds of copper in the ground, typically for the enriched material, we see the uh, the global resource and around 0.8 to, to 1% total soluble copper. So something that's uh, 30 to 40% uh, higher in that is is quite exceptional over significant widths.
0: Uh, so you released just two holes, but this is there's twelve holes that uh, in this in this initial program here, uh, doing these results. Can you kind of walk us through uh, what are kind of following up on historical drills, and what part of this campaign will be new drills?
1: Yeah, So uh, the Park Salier deposit sits two kilometers to the southwest from the main cactus uh, mine and, and project that we're undertaking currently a PFS on. Uh, Historically, Asarco only drilled two holes into Park Salier. They went through the same massive copper porphyry system that was mined at Cactus West and that we intend to mine. That consists of an oxide cap, an enriched supergene material, which is a chalcosite, and the main primary uh, sulphide, which is a chalcopyrite, which we're not currently considering as part of our our life of mine plan. Early last year, the company drilled two further holes to the north, uh, hole number 18 and 19, uh, about 800 feet to the north. And again, they hit the same massive copper porphyry system going through many hundreds of feet of the oxide enriched and primary material. Uh, we announced late last year that we were investing initially 3 million US dollars into an exploration program at Park Sailor that would consist of 12 holes. And the results that we put out this morning were the first two holes from that program. The holes were drilled uh, in late December of last year, and we just received the assays back in the in the last week. So we're currently on hole number uh, three of the program. So there's another uh, 10 holes to be drilled and that uh, news flow will come to the market between now and uh, and the end of the second quarter of this year.
0: Uh, you know, it, it is early conceptually here at Park Sailor, but obviously, even with these two holes, you're seeing some lots of similarities to what you have seen in the past at Cactus. Uh, and they're not far apart. You know, do you potentially see Park Sailor adding on to an already pretty good mine life from Cactus?
1: Yeah, look, I mean, it's obviously conceptual in nature, but uh, we've conducted geophysics on the Park Sailor property. And uh, we get a strong signature back. And uh, with the six holes, including the historical holes that have been drilled now, if we extrapolate that mineralization trend to the northeast, which would then connect the deposit to the current Cactus West pit that was mined by Osarco back in the 1970s and 80s. And if we look at the signature uh, heading to the north, We have essentially about 1.2 kilometres of open strike length now and another 1.2 kilometres to the north of open ground. So when you start to look at that from a volumetric perspective and you start to look at the range of the the grades that we've seen coming out of the first six holes, it leads us to believe that potentially we could have an additional one to three billion pounds of copper sitting in the ground at Park Salier, and then as you sort of alluded to earlier, uh, we picked up a small property known as Bronco Creek uh, right next door, uh, 158 acres, and we see the mineralization trend from um, uh, Park Salier moving on to the north uh, uh, east northwest corner, sorry, of that property. So obviously, you know, we're pretty keen to put a drill there over the next several quarters and see if that thesis is indeed correct and that could add additional you know millions of pounds of copper on top of what i've just uh, put forward
0: mm. what about uh, using the the drill bit to connect both park salier where you've these recent drill results with cactus do you need like any confirmatory holes planned uh, maybe expedited in that well, strategy well- here
1: yeah, look. I think what would happen is we we would stick with our existing budget. Those holes will be drilled by probably April of this year. The bottleneck is always getting the assays back from the lab, and let's just assume that we get those by the end of May. If what I've put forward here uh, uh, proves up to be true, with the then sixteen hole uh, sixteen holes that we would have, you know, in Park Salier. I certainly think that in the second half of this year, we'd probably want to get more aggressive on our exploration at Park Salier and look to uh, to increase that uh, that, uh, drilling campaign substantially. Our, Our ultimate goal here is that we have a PFS coming out for the Cactus Project in July of this year. We would envisage that by the end of this calendar year, we would have a bankable feasibility study on cactus and if we accelerated the drilling, there's no doubt that uh, we could certainly have a maiden resource included as part of the technical report within the bankable feasibility study. And and I believe that for the main core project, we're gonna be able to show very strong uh, financial and economic returns for our shareholders. So this really could be the, the cherry on the cake and it gives the project the scalability that obviously a lot of the mid tiers and seniors are looking for in a in a very safe jurisdiction of the world
0: uh, georgie the company has not been shy to say that they can move pretty quick in these technical reports and following up to a bankable feasibility study you know but i don't know if i ever have asked you why you know, why such a rush? Why get this thing done as quickly as possible? Is it just because where the market is, where the su- su- supply demand fundamentals of copper in general? I You know, you don't really, what's the rush?
1: Well, first of all, with the PFS, I mean, we, we, we did such a, a detailed job with the PEA. Uh, before I joined the company, I was given the luxury of actually conducting my own desktop due diligence on uh, in the data room. and. Obviously, I scoured over the the PEA and and the PEA is much uh, superior than many PEAs that I've seen and and is almost already at a PFS level. So uh, it was very easy to move from that PEA into a PFS uh, by the summer of this year. What gives us a little bit of an advantage here is that this is a brownfield site and already has some significant infrastructure already in place. So uh, that really is what allows us to complete the technical studies in an accelerated fashion compared maybe to a to a greenfield project uh, uh, that are out there today.
0: Mm. I'm not saying you should slow down. I'm just, you know, just kind of wondering, (laughs) not too many, not too many companies can take projects uh, and expedite the process as quickly as you're planning on doing.
1: Well, look, I mean, you you touched on a key point there. I mean, obviously, you know, copper yesterday went back through $10,000 a ton and has continued to move up today. And it's great to see. But, you know, I think we're really looking at this project and company over the medium and longer term for the next two to three decades. And I strongly believe that with the drive for decarbonisation and renewable energy, copper is very much going to be in demand like lithium and nickel and all of those commodities that really go into, you know, renewable energy. So, you know, I think over the medium and longer term, I expect the copper prices actually to increase significantly over the levels that we see today. But, you know, anybody out there in the investment community that's looking at the copper space, certainly, you know, when you're assessing where you're gonna put your hard earned dollars into an investment, I think you wanna be looking at companies in safe jurisdictions, that can get into production relatively quickly and take advantage of this bull cycle that we're currently in, although I believe it's going to become even more bullish uh, over the years. And uh, certainly this project is very low in capital intensity, which obviously minimizes the the risk of a huge uh, you know capital cost escalation. So I think this, this project ticks a lot of the boxes for, in my opinion, investors out there looking at the copper space.
0: Uh we you kind of touched on it beforehand but you you did pick up a little bit more land uh from actually mutual friends of ours Bronco Creek a subsidiary of EMX royalty here. Uh talk to us about that deal uh and really the terms of it. But then really kind of if you could hit on kind of the royalty uh on this and, and do you, you know some people always feel like oh you're giving away the giving away the goods here when you do a royalty deal.
1: Yeah. So for the deal, uh, what we've uh, done is we've we've given um, uh, Bronco Creek or EMX royalties a 1.5% NSR on uh, any production that comes from that specific claim block. Uh, We have the right to buy back 1% of the NSR for 500,000 US dollars, which, which actually is very, very competitive. We've committed over the next two years that uh, on the first anniversary from the registration of the, of the deeds, i.e. the transfer of the land to ourselves, uh, we would invest uh, $2 million in expiration in the next 12 to 15 months. And then on the second anniversary, we will have invested an additional $2 million US dollars over and above that. If we declare a compliant resource on the Bronco Le- uh, Creek claims, and uh, we see in excess of a 100 million pounds of copper, then we would pay Bronco Creek 1.5 million US dollars. And if uh, above and beyond that, we were to uh, declare an additional 100 million pounds of copper, then we would pay them an additional 1.5 million at that point in time. Um, As part of signing this deal, there's a 200,000 US dollar payment um, and essentially um, $5,000 upon the announcement of this, $195,000 once the uh, deeds are actually registered in, in our name. If at the end of the day we drill on the property in the next couple of years and that mineralization uh, that we believe extends over onto the property is not there, then we have the right to, uh, to walk away and the re- lands will revert back to Bronco Creek and it will be then up to them to decide exactly what they want to do with them.
0: Hmm. I, I, I've known both of you, so I could only kind of guess what that negotiating table was like at the time. I thought it was pretty fun to be in there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, look, I
1: mean, I think it was a good deal all round. you know, especially for a royalty company to announce that, you know, they've been able to do an accretive deal uh, on that land package. For us, I mean, what the beauty of this deal as well is that, you um, you know, it's 158 acres. If you consider that we put $4 million into the project in the next two years, and we pay this, you know, 200 odd thousand upfront fee, if you calculate that out on a cost per acre basis, I think it's gonna give us somewhere in around about $27,000 US per acre is what we're actually paying for the land. There are land deals being done in and around the Casa Grande area today, not by ourselves, but by other groups that are buying up land at $80,000 an acre. So, you know, I think exactly. So I think the fact that we've potentially picked up 158 acres that we might want to keep just so we can put infrastructure on it, even if there's no mineralization there at $27,000 an acre is far, far superior than buying something from a private landholder anywhere between sixty and $80,000 an acre. No,
0: hmm. oh, that's some fascinating information there. I had no idea. Thanks for sharing <laughs> that. Uh, 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 George, I do want to get your thoughts here on just kind of the overall picture of the copper market. We just saw a headline that um, I'm going to be publishing later in the Substack newsletter. But it sounds like copper inventories or, or stocks are down to three days supply. I mean we're you know we we've seen this before recently where uh things are in yeah. such contango with, there's not a whole lot of supply coming online and obviously supply chains uh, as much as they say they're being alleviated doesn't necessarily seem to appear that way in the metal sector uh, but this is you know as a di- fundamental dynamic of this industry this is almost it's getting a little it's getting a little getting a little nuts yeah i mean it's totally uh Unheard of. I mean,
1: obviously, the you know to get down to three and a half days of supply in the, on the LME uh, warehouses is obviously extremely concerning, uh, particularly for the end users of the product. But as you touched on, I think it's all to do with uh, supply chains that really haven't come back to pre-pandemic uh, uh, levels. So, you know, I think as things ease over the next 12 to 24 months, we'll gradually see you know cover, copper inventories uh, increasing. But as I said, over the longer term, when you think about, you know, the amount of uh, electrical vehicles that need to be manufactured. And as we all know, an electric vehicle requires 20 to 30 percent more copper than your traditional, uh, you know, fuel combustion uh, engine car. When you think about the infrastructure bill that's going in in the U.S., almost three trillion and the amount of money that's being dedicated to upgrading the hydro systems let alone all the ports that are going to be required to accommodate these electrical vehicles. In the U.S., this huge semiconductor plants uh, being planned, gigafactories. They all require copper foil and or copper wire. So there's going to be huge demand globally and in particular in the U.S. If you've got a copper asset in the Americas, particularly in the U.S. itself, I think uh, that product's going to be in, in high demand.
0: Uh, George, my last question for you. Uh, your your stock is up 20% as we speak, and that's coming down off the highs. I think you're up 25%, if not higher at one time. Do you know where the buying is coming from? Do any particular? you know, is it just kind of putting out really good news on a really good day in the copper space, or what do you attribute all this to?
1: Yeah, look, I mean, since we IPO'd the company in um, November of last year, November 16th, we've been doing extensive marketing over the last uh, five uh, uh, five months or so. And uh, obviously we believe that when the share price was below $2 a, a share, the company was extremely uh, undervalued. I would even say at these levels today, uh, we're still very, very much undervalued, but we understand the junior mining space. We don't have a lot of liquidity at the moment. Um, we've uh, applied for an OTCQX listing. We would anticipate that by the end of March, early April, uh, we'll be trading on the OTCQX. That's going to help with uh, U.S. retail, and we have quite a lot of U.S. retail shareholders. But it's going to allow the brokers to also, uh, you know, publicly put ourselves forward uh, as as an investment case uh, in many of the states in the United States. And given the asset is in Arizona, we think that'll that'll resonate well. So, I would say it's very early days for this company, and. uh, As management continues to de-risk the project and execute on the plan, I can see significant returns for the shareholders over the next couple of years as we look to finance this mine and put it into production.
0: Uh, I hope you're right, because I am one of those retail shareholders based in the U.S. So, George, appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, Congratulations on the drilling at Park Salier. We look look forward to more of those results and having you back here for a follow-up. So, in the meantime, uh, best of luck to you and the team, and be safe out there. Thank you, Trevor. That's George Ogilvie. He's the CEO of Arizona Sonoran Copper, trading on the TSX with the symbol ASCU.